All right. Good morning, church. Thanks, Amanda, for doing that. Thanks, worship team. That was such, such a wonderful time uh, to worship God. So we're continuing this uh, series in 1 John, and we're going to be wrapping up chapter 3. And then we have two more chapters, 4 and 5, uh, to get through before we get into kind of a Thanksgiving uh, series. And so working through that. Um, if you don't have John, I actually put, there's like a little blue 1st uh, through 1st, 2nd, 3rd John on the out here on the table. That's just a little blue thing where you can put notes. So if anyone's interested in that, you can have that for yourself out there. Um, but we're continuing this series. Um, I've titled this sermon, Love One Another. Love One Another. Um, and so we're going to see the importance of that here in just a minute. I did want to first say, uh, before we get going, I always want to try to announce this if this is the case. We, we do try to do our best to end on time because I know everyone has commitments and people begin to get hangry and those sort of things. Um, but with communion and some other things, it's going to run a little bit longer uh, than normal. And so just hang with us and we'll, we will um, just be a little bit longer uh, today. Not too much longer, but just wanted to put that out there in the beginning. Um, a few things that's been heavy on my heart this week. You know, they say, it's not biblical, but they say sometimes things come in threes. And um, with Jay, I know Amanda had mentioned the falls, which has been really heavy on our heart. I know the church, church's heart as well. Thank you for loving them. I mean, you guys are representing what we're going to be talking about here in just a minute on loving one another. And we're going to look at the importance of, of why it's so important to love one another. So the J's were on my heart. Uh, Doug has been, uh, Pastor Doug has been on my heart. Um, he lost a former student of his in, in a tragic event. Um, and so Doug has just been on my heart. Um, with the loss. You know, you spend some time with someone, you disciple them, you're there for them and care for them, and, and something like that to tragically happen um, is hard. Ministry is hard. Loving people is hard. Um, and so just please keep dog. We're going to pray for those things in a minute. Uh, also, Florida is on my mind. Um, we have a couple of families, actually, that really just love what God is doing here at True Life Community Church and really support us financially and pray for us. And uh, both of them had been displaced and really had a lot of loss. Um, you know, they're just saying, hey, it's not only our house and our cars that are gone, but our community, our parks, everything is just gone. Um, so it's not just their homes or anything like that. And so that's, that's been heavy on our hearts this week as well. So what I wanted to do uh, this morning is just lift all these things up. Um, in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, we uh, thank you for today. We thank you that you are a God that loves us, that seek, seeks us all, uh, that you want us to know your love demonstrated through your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would speak into our hearts through my, my, my folly and through my weakness, that you would speak into the hearts of every single person that's here. I pray you would be with Jay. Kayla, that you would be with them, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us as sinful, broken human beings to love one another and to, to love uh, the falls. I, I lift up Doug, I lift up the family of, of, um, of those that have lost their son. Uh, I lift up Doug especially to you as he's preparing, he's helping with the family as he's talking to newspapers, as he's preparing for the funeral, Lord, I pray that you would just work through Doug. Lord, just comfort him and give him, uh, just be there with him, Lord, the way that you do. 
And Lord, I pray for those families in Florida and everyone impacted by that. Lord, I pray that you are with them, that you are providing all that they need, Lord, that they are turning to you and trusting in you uh, through all of it. We thank you for those families that love what you're doing here. They see that and supporting us, and I pray that you would be with them. And if there's anything that we can do as a church family to help them, Lord, I pray that you would put that within us to do that and to help them. And uh, Lord, we just ask all these things. Pray that you would be with us um, during this time, that you would speak to our hearts, that you are present with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I begin to think about those three situations, right, with, with Doug or with, say, Kayla Fall, as she's in the community, or those that may be, you know, out of Florida, that walking around. Imagine if you, like, came into their presence, and imagine if you were rude to them, or did something that wasn't loving to them. And I say that because you just don't know what anyone is going through. The people that you encounter, you have no idea the underlying things that are going on in their lives. That's why it's so important as we, we read through this to understand when John, who loved Jesus so much, he was the one reclining on Jesus' chest, right, at the Last Supper, as we're about to partake of the Last Supper. And John writes about to love one another. You remember this from the beginning, to love one another, as we're going to see So it's so important that we understand this. Now, before cell phones, if you're young here today, there is an activity that you would do in the restroom other than your cell phone. You would grab like a shampoo bottle or something and read the ingredients, right? Like anyone with me, read the ingredients, still might do that a little bit. You you read the ingredients and you know from what's on the ingredient list what's on the inside, right? And there's these weird words, I don't know what this means, it's kind of intriguing, try to pronounce it. But that's kind of like our Christian walk, following Jesus. Like, what is written on the outside as a Christian represents what's on the inside. And so what's written on the outside is important to show those around us what is on the inside. It's a, a label. I heard that from Tony Evans. I thought that was really good. And it's the same thing with you and with me. This thing keeps giving me trouble. I'm just going to use a handheld. You're like, it's driving me crazy already. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I believe that the world, if you ask them what a Christian is, they would say, oh, it's that, that person that walks around with a Bible, or, or it's that person that prays in public, or it's that person that uses the Christianese words, right? Like the big ones like sanctification, or discipleship, or potluck, or some big Christian word, you know, like that, or it's someone who just gives up their sleep on a Sunday morning, like I don't know why they would, on earth they would do that, but that's, that's a Christian to most of the world. But what I want to do is I want to look at this in relation, what John says, that what the world, not what the world says, but what the Bible says a Christian is. So we're going to go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and read, there's quite a bit of verses, so stick with me. First John chapter 3, verse 11 through 24. The Bible says this, 
For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, from the very beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the, wor- the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And... This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Back to verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Anyone here towed like a spouse or a child like 20 times and they still don't get it? Like they act like they didn't hear you. Like we'll have a family meeting where it's okay tomorrow, we're going to get up, we're going to leave at 10 o'clock, this is what we're going to do. And then the kids the next day are like, what are we doing today? It's like, where were you in this meeting? It's like John is saying, like, you've heard this from the beginning. Like, this is the most important thing. You've heard this over and over. Jesus talked about it in the very beginning, that you should love one another. It's just a reminder to us that you should love one another. Loving one another here at True Life Community Church, we say our discipleship path is to love, to learn, and then to lead, Right? And if you don't get the love part wrong, then we've got to camp out there as long as we need to camp out there, because that is the most important thing, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to put God above everything else, and the second is just as equal as to love others. Out of the overflow of the gospel of Jesus and all that we have been given, all that God has sacrificed for us, out of that should, should flow into us love, and out of that should flow our love for others. And if we don't understand the gospel of Jesus and, and who he is and what he has given us and that love that God has for us, the rest of it doesn't really much matter. So we just camp out there as long as we need to. The love of God and the love of others. The love, the, the one another, there's a Greek word called alelon. 
You can check with that later, make sure I got that right. Elelon is a, is a Greek word for one another, and it's actually in the Greek, it's one word, and it means mutual or it means together, one another, mutual or together, to love one another. It's mentioned a hundred times in the Bible, one another, most of it in the New Testament. A lot of it is in relation to loving one another or direction or instructions or commandments to the church, to us as Christians, is one another, to love one another, to be in community. One another mutual means to be in community, to be in the church. Here at True Life Community Church, we say we're like a big family. Now, as you know, you're part of a family. Sometimes there's good things and sometimes there's bad things, like we're a family, it's not always great. We don't always agree, but we are a family. We're in mutual agreement around the gospel of, of Jesus. And as a family, we can encourage one another. We can equip one another. We can pray for one another. We can be there for one another. It says to love one another. That has all implications of togetherness, a family, to love one another. Verse 12, we should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Now Genesis chapter 6, Cain and Abel were the first children of Adam and Eve. And if you don't know the story, I would encourage you to go back and read in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter 4, about Cain and about Abel. And what you'll see in that story is that Cain was jealous of his brother Abel. The Bible here says that he was evil and his brother was righteous. But he was jealous and it was the first murder in the Bible. But what John here, he's talking about is that there are two camps. There's like nothing in between it's either you're in one camp or you're in another camp. Anyone, anyone like camping, like tent camping? No, some are like. See, it's like, the, it's like the difference. Like either you like tent camping or you don't like tent camping. I, I'm thinking I woke up this morning. I'm like, man, it would have been a nice night to be camping last night. It would have been so much fun. But if you're like, I'm not. Anything close to tent camping. Maybe glamping. Maybe that's, maybe that's the third category. But here John is saying that there's two different camps that you can be in. One is righteousness and one is evil. And there's no, there's no in-between. You're one or the, you're the other. And that we as, as Christians, we are called to love one another. Even though this verse says that the world, the, the other camp, is going to hate you. They don't understand. They're going to be in disagreements. But even if that's the case, even if we are in this camp only because of the blood of Jesus, only because of our faith of Jesus, that we are in the camp of righteousness, even with that, even if the world does hate us, we are still called to love our enemies. To love our enemies. Even if they're in the 
other camp. I was mentioning um, the Last Supper, Passover meal, and Jesus, he's preparing uh, for that, and he's spending time with his disciples. And we're going to be taking of communion, the Lord's Supper, uh, later at the end of service. But it reminded me of what Jesus said that night. And I wanted to take a look at that. John uh, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. So as Jesus, he's there, he's reclining at the table, he's spending time with those that he loved, his disciples. He said this in verse 34. Well, I think I had 33 up there. I wanted to point out, verse 33 says, little children, right? It's the same language that John uses in in 1 John. Little children, like we're a family. God is our Father. We are the little children. But verse 34, he says, Jesus says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Here's that from what you've heard from the beginning. To love one another one another just as i have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another now jesus talks a lot i mean there's a lot to unpack here but a couple of the most important things that jesus says he says to love one another he didn't say if they smell funny or you don't get along with them or whatever he says you love one another And he says, you love them the way that I love you. You become the servant of the servant, the lowest of the low. You give everything. If it includes your life, you give it. You love others the way that I love you. And the important thing is, the world will not know Jesus the way that I read this unless we love one another that way. He says, the world will know you are a disciple. The world will know us as a church by the way that we love one another. That's how others will know. That's how you have the ingredients written on your shirt of Jesus. Others will know by the way that you love others. In Philippians 2, 3 through 4, I want to read that. Paul lays this out in a little bit of a different way. Chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul here, he knew that as sinful human beings, our inclination was to focus on ourselves first, like, me, myself, and I, like whatever I want, whatever's going to put me in top, and to take that inclination and to turn it towards others. And Jesus being our primary example. So if I had a cold today, I would have symptoms, right? I'd have like a red nose, a runny nose, I'd be sneezing. Somebody would probably hand me some tissues because I'd be sniffling. I would feel exactly the same way as Amanda when she was in childbirth. 
That's how bad I would be feeling. So I say, like, when I have a cold, I've got to, this has got to feel just like you were when you were in labor. It's just, it's so bad. <laughs> it's got to be exactly the same. There's going to be symptoms, right, of having a cold. It's the same thing as being a Christian. Like, we're going to have symptoms. If you have Jesus in your heart, you may not express those. You may not exercise those. But you're going to feel it. Right? You're going to have the symptoms. And the symptom is this desire to love others. To put others ahead of yourself. Verse 14 We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. To have this inner drive to put the welfare of other brothers and sisters ahead of ourselves is is not the only symptom. It's not the only uh, thing that proves of our salvation, but it is one thing. It is one thing that John's saying that we can look at as an assurance of our salvation to say, do we have this desire to love others? And if we don't, we need to examine ourselves during the Lord's Supper today to say, why do I not have that desire? Have I suppressed it or am I not doing what God is telling me to do? Verse 16 through 17, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Now, tonight, uh, I'm watching the Chiefs game, and Doug calls me. He's like, hey, I need some help. All right. I'm going to go help him because I I love my brother Doug. I'm going to hesitate a minute. but I'm going to go help him. But ultimately, it's, yes, I love my brother Doug, but it's, that God's love was within me. Because I tell people all the time, like, that is not my heart. That is not who I am to do that for someone else. That is God within me, working within me. I'm sinful. I'd rather have my bowl of salsa chips and watch the cheese game. Like, that's, that's my priority. That's my heart. I heard this analogy. It said, if you see someone in a lake drowning, you're walking by, you're walking your dog by a lake, and you see someone drowning out there, and, you, and they're like, hey, I love you. I'm dying for you. And they drowned. It's like, that was weird. Like, what, what just happened? Like, that's the weirdest thing ever. But if you're drowning, and they jump out, and they save you, and they say, I love you, and then they drown, like... They do love you. They do love you. This example of Christ. This love that Christ has for us, that he would jump out into the lake as we're, as we're dying, as we're drowning. We don't even know we need to be saved. But that Christ would give up his life for us. It, it tells me a few things. It tells me, one, how much God loves us, that he would do that. It tells me how big our sin is that God would need to do that. 
that he would need to send his son Jesus to die for us. And it tells me how safe we are in God's love. That he would do that. If he would do that for me and for you, he's not going to let you go. It's not going to be based on your performance. You're safe. You're safe in God's love. Verse 18 as we move along here. Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. The truth as it's revealed through Jesus, through the gospel of the New Testament is the truth. But it's also deed. It's not like, oh, bless your, bless your little heart. I'll, I'll pray for you and go about your day. Like, no, it's, it's Jesus went to the cross to die for us, to shed his blood for us. It was not just words, but it was not just truth, but it was deed. Like demonstrated through his son Jesus. So it's deed and truth. Verse 19 through 21, as I read this, what I want you to do is think about communion because communion mark's going to read in a little bit uh, our elder mark he's going to read in a little bit about how we are to examine ourselves and, and i believe these verses that i'm about to read is also a call to examine ourselves all right to align ourselves with with god in relation to this and so what i would like for you to do is, is just to ask god think of, start thinking about asking god um lord lead me in this and, and, and am i loving others and am i am i God, have you, will you forgive me? And what can I learn from this today? Verse 19 says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before Him. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And He knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. And so when I read this, I say, let's, let's examine our heart to see if we're in line with God, right? Like, like prayer is aligning ourselves to God's will and to His power, right? To say, God, I want to do Your will. I want to be about Your work, about Your kingdom, and when God aligns us to that, like he might reveal something in our heart that we need to confess to him, that we need to do, to do better at what he commands us to do. But then when we align ourselves to his will, he says, I read this, as he says your prayers are going to be answered more so than they, than they were before you were not aligned to God's will. God's just not a genie in the bottle to give you whatever you want. But he says, if you align yourself to me and to my will, you're going to be praying what I want. And I'm going to answer those. I'm going to answer those prayers. Something to think about. Last one here, 23 through 24. Where to go? There it is. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another. Let me read that again. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as he has loved us. Whoever keeps his commandment abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us. I had this uh, boss one time and 
I was moving into management, and he wanted me to move down to the management wing of the office. And I was like, you know, I, I, I really get along with my team, and I want to be there with them and in our section, and you know, we, we communicate really well over the cubicle walls, and I would rather just stay there. And he goes, I'm not asking you. Okay, I guess I'm moving then. Huh? All right. But when I see this, is God's commandment, right? Like, the Ten Commandments is to show us that we're sinful, right? And we need Jesus. But he's commanding us. He's saying, my commandment. Like, I'm God. Like, this is what I want you to do, is to believe in the name of Jesus and to love others. And I'm God. And we have a daily choice, right, to follow God's commandments. To put him first, to put others first, to, put, to believe in the name of Jesus, to have faith. So for the application, I just wanted to say, like, we as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised when somebody else loves us, right? It shouldn't be a surprising thing. It's just, just to be just a normal, natural thing for, we, for us to do as Christians, It should just be just like natural. It should be within us. Like Christ, was, Christ is within us. Like we abide, He abides in us and we abide in Him. It says, if you follow my commandments, this is what we just read, if you follow my commandments, if you abide in this, you abide in these things that, that you proclaim the name of Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you love others, then you are abiding, you're living within me, you're connected to me. I'm in you and you are in, within me. You have the Holy Spirit within you. You may experience that, you may feel that, but I think a lot of times in our culture that we, that we live in, we live in this idea or we've been taught uh, this idea to suppress that. And I'll give you an example. Teenagers, anyone got teenagers currently? Now, I know not all teenagers are the same, so don't, don't be offended. Just generally speaking. Yeah, Riley, you're very mature. This is not you, I'm sure. Generally speaking, teenagers come downstairs, what's for dinner, I'm hungry, rifle through the refrigerator, I don't want anything to do with my younger brothers and sisters, they smell weird, they annoy me, I just want to graduate high school and get out of here, I want to go back to my room, leave me alone until I'm hungry again, right? It's probably you and me. I think a lot of times we've been taught, and this isn't all of you, this isn't all of us, but this is convicting to me too, that a lot of times we've been taught that church is that way. I don't mean just church like Sunday morning, I mean just like fellowship, family, one another, being together, encouraging one another. You can do that outside of Sunday service. I'm not saying you have to be here every single, it's not a checkbox of religiosity. But I'm saying sometimes I, I wonder if we've been taught that. Right? That we come out of our rooms when we're hungry, we get fed. I don't want anything to do with my brothers and sisters. They smell weird. They say weird things. Um, I just want to go back to my room until I'm hungry again. That's not what the Bible teaches that church is fellowship, one another, community, family, love one another. It teaches us to. Put others ahead of ourselves. 
that what we do, I know a lot of you guys are cold, I can see it. I don't know if we can get the air turned off or not, but got a lot of people that are really cold. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but a lot of times we are taught that. And I just wanted to point out what the Bible says, right? To love one another, to put other people first. The church, the family is not just for you, right? We're all part of a family in one way or the other. It's not just about me and my family. It's about my family and supporting and encouraging them. The other part of that is that other people are watching, right? Like other people are watching. Like I know this Christian at my work. I know this Christian church down the road called True Life Community Church or whatever church. I know this is going on and I'm watching. I'm watching and waiting. Do they look like Jesus? Do they have the ingredients on their shirt that tells me what's on the inside? Because people are going to know what's on the inside by the way that we love one another. The Bible says, by this they will know that you are his disciple. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, and this is, this is really important to put out um, for us to, to see and to meditate on. Verse, I'm going to read verse 23 and 24 one more time. It says, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son Jesus and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him, and by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. The gospel of Jesus is that simple. To love one another, to believe in the name of Jesus, to put your faith and trust in the works of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, to forgive us of our sins, that we cannot become like Jesus. We cannot love other people. I want you to hear me that. You cannot love other people the way that Jesus did without abiding in Christ and allowing his power to work within you. We have to admit our weakness and stay connected. Following his commandments is what keeps us connected. That is believing in the name of Jesus and loving others. If you're having a bad day, you feel like you're in a bad mood and everything's going wrong, love somebody. Serve them. Take them a meal. Mow their grass. Do something. And I promise you, you're going to feel much better. Love first. Christians are not people with big words. Christians are broken people, sinners who need Jesus. There's no hope other than Jesus. We have a desire to love God and to love others. That's it. Verse 24, it says, And this, by this we know that, we, that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. So I ask, do you have the assurance that you have the Holy Spirit, that you have God Himself within you? Do you have assurance of that today? Do you have assurance that you have been forgiven of your sins that separate you from God for eternity? Do you have assurance of of where you're going? 
at the end of this world, at the end of your life? Do you have assurance that you have the love of God within you to love others? And the Bible here is clear, is to put your faith in the name of God, our Father, Son, Jesus. To humble yourself, to come to the end of yourself, to say, I can't do it. Only God, you can do it. Help me keep your commandments. I can't do it on my own. Maybe today is that day. You want to surrender to God and put your faith and trust in His Son. If today is that day, I would just ask that you would pray with me here in a few moments. Um, I also want to pray over our communion. I'm going to have um, Mark come up after that, and we're just going to have a time of reflection uh, through these verses in our lives. Um, so let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing your heart to uh, all of us, your, ch- your children, that your desire, your commandments is for us to believe in the name of your son Jesus and to love others. Lord, those are very Simple, basic things, but Lord, they're so powerful. Lord, we are broken sinners who are prone to wonder, prone to run away from you, but yet you continue to pursue us. You continue to wait with open arms. to love us that we were drowning and you sent your son Jesus we had no hope you sent your son Jesus to die in our place so that we can be forgiven so we can have eternal life Lord we are weak We are sinful. Lord, we need you to show us your will. We need your power within us to help us to do what you've commanded us to do. We can't do it without you. We we beg you, Lord, help us. Help us. Lord, when we are weak, you are strong, and we are admitting our weakness. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts, Lord, that you want to convict us of, that you, we, would, we would turn from that and we would turn to you. Lord, it's not only important for our relationship with you, but it's important for the world to see you in us, in your church. Lord, I pray that we don't take this lightly. There are people that are watching that need you. They have a hole in their heart that they're trying to fill with everything this world offers and it's not satisfying and it never will. Ever. It's only your son Jesus that will satisfy. Lord, help us to show others to say there's something different about those Christians 
They have something that I need that I've been looking for my whole life. And they're not just messing around. They're not just pretending. They actually are followers of Jesus because no one could love like that. Help us to be that way. Lord, we leave today in faith 